Hey, everybody, you're listening to Shop Talk Show. We have two excellent sponsors this week, Majingo at Majingo.com and the WP Summit, a conference about WordPress stuff. Uh, So we'll hear about more about them later. Let's kick this thing off, though. Hello, you're listening to the 20th episode of the Shop Talk Show, a podcast about front-end web design and development. I'm Dave Rupert, and with me is Chris Goyer. Hey, everybody. And today we have a special guest, Matt. Machine Gun Marquee. Yes. Finally. This is the one. That's the one that's going to catch on. Yeah. Otherwise known as Wilto on Twitter. Imagine I was punching at a fantastic rate during that sound effect. <laughs> as I oftentimes am. Just a brick wall is now powder. Yeah, just shattered. Oh. Nikki Brown said to ask us about about a game called Wizard Staff. Could oh, my put- Lord. Wizard Staff is the game of kings. The game of wizard kings. <laughs> are you guys are you guys familiar with Wizard Staff at all? I never nope. All right. I'll, so I'll let you gonna, explain it. I don't Go really ahead. know anything about websites, but I'm going to teach you the internet about drinking today. So, what you do is you get a big case of typically very cheap beer and a roll of duct tape that you wear around on your wrist. Each individual member of this drinking game wears a roll of duct tape. You finish a beer, you take the empty can and you duct tape the new can to the top of that. So now you're drinking out of a stack of two. Eventually, it gets really convenient, because as you're sitting down, the lowest can is on the ground, and the newest can is right up by your face, which is perfect. And then later on, it gets super inconvenient, as you can't really function as a human being anymore, and you have to deal with a 12-foot-long stack of beer that you have to prop up on a tree to drink it properly. The object... Yeah, Or climate tree, yeah. The object of the game is to drink too much. You cannot win. <laughs> um, you can lose. You can definitely lose. Um, but the basic objective is to berate anybody who is a lower level wizard than yourself the entire time. So if you're like a level six and someone else is a level four, you just harass them constantly. It's like, you're never going to make it as a wizard. I can fly. I can shoot lasers out of my eyes. You're pulling rabbits out of hats. You're the worst wizard ever. <laughs> and, uh, that is literally the entire game. It's just... I might play this later today. Yes. You just pick on your friends for not being magical enough and get <laughs> stupid hammered. And it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect game. What and happens if, this, if, you, if you break your staff? You know, what if oh, you break you level zero wizard, man, you get to start over. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, big time. You're going to be back to pulling bouquets out of your sleeve. Yeah, so either use a lot of duct tape or really kind of protect your staff. I yeah, guess. because other wizards, they'll go after it, man, straight oh, up. They would, I suppose. It is, for the record, the ultimate camping game because then you're not only doing this, but you're doing this around other human beings. Yeah. So you'll be traipsing through the woods like, Oh, fair traveler with a giant stack of beer cans. God, I leave Sunday for an epic camping trip, and uh, believe me, I'll I'll photograph it all. Thank you. Thank you. Most I've ever been is level 18. It was a dark day. I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) 18? That's pretty good. I was the most powerful wizard in town. (laughs) (laughs) But much much like real wizardry, let that sink in. If you try and gain power too quickly... You're going to get cast back down to zero. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of... So you're going to get sick, and they're going to take your staff away. Session beer might be appropriate. But you can't... Uh Anyway. I'm, like, running off to find a pen, because I'm like, if I forget about this, it's going to be the worst. I'm like... Yeah, I mean, uh, the key points are drink too much, duct tape beer cans together, and yell at your friends. Which (laughs) I do anyway, so... Uh, Brilliant. So, Matt, what what else do you do? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's 80% of what I do. And then every once in a while, I make a website. Well, uh, are you, you work at Filament Group, is that right? Or yes, I do, them? officially full-time. 
Yep. Awesome. Awesome. I was being with them for about a year uh, as a freelancer for no good reason. I just remained a freelancer because I just, I sure hate health insurance. <laughs> and then finally, about a month ago, I came around and was like, if I'm here 40 hours a week anyway, what am I doing? So yeah, officially, but not the new guy. We just got two new hires on him. Oh, really? So we got a couple of probies in the mix. So if somebody wants, I, I don't even know, you know, Filament Group, what I think of them as is this like a bunch of smart people who sit around like making polyfills and stuff. But you do, <laughs> some at some point you charge money for some kind of something? Yeah, we do. But it's just that, you know, we'll develop a lot of stuff during the course of client work. Like, oh. I don't know, maybe maybe you guys have heard of the Boston Globe website, uh, bostonglobe.com. <laughs> but it's a little website, maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, a little, no big deal. Little local newspaper here, uh, but yeah, a bunch of individual components came out of that that we kind of where we shipped as polyfills and we shipped as these these workarounds for common responsive things you're going to run into just because we ran into them. So we'll open source all of those components one at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean that's what I do. I mean, the, uh, and the good of all. Yeah. All right. So okay, the next stage here. I guess I guess Dave should probably. We're going to kick this off with a, a little question from Billy Brown. Uh, and and uh, Chris, I'll need you to play along with this I, question. I will. Okay. Uh, so Billy Brown uh, wrote in and said, I published my PHP book last year and a new one this year. Uh, oh, really? Uh, what, what, what's the new book? My, es- my sequel. My. Uh, oh, you almost. Oh jeez! That went as well about as <laughs> you see. You see, the joke here is that my sequel, as separating it to two words, means it's a follow-up to a previous work. Yeah, I'm glad somebody's here to. I don't get the other half of it though. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good one. I in our I've... news and links section of this. <laughs> Keep <podcast>. going. <laughs> Moving on. And yeah. Uh, I have a, my friend Sarah Cope who helps me with some stuff on CSS Tricks listened to one of our episodes where we talked about the health stuff and she linked up this video. Have you ever seen one of those YouTube videos where there's like some dude talking and then some dude is like furiously marker boarding cool stuff behind it? Oh, yeah, like a crazy sketch. Yeah, and it's one of those, but it's all about uh, health and I'll link it up. I, I, I This is useless almost uh, outside, if, you, if I can't share the link, but it'll be in the show now. It's pretty cool. Uh, our friends Jonathan Necker, Longnecker and Nate Croft have their business. They were on the show, one of the early episodes. They launched a new thing called Kicktastic, which is like this series of videos uh, about business and stuff, and we wanted to give them a shout-out because they're nice guys. So Ooh. go check out Kicktastic, unconventional video training for gutsy businesses. So check that out. Uh, 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 what else do we have here? Well, Coda 2 came out. That was that people are talking about that sucker. Did you download it, Dave? I, I got it, yeah. I, I'm a big Coda fan, and so I got the sequel. Ha, ha, ha. And, <laughs> and uh, it's good. It's a little buggy. It And um, I don't know if it, like achieved all my hopes and dreams you know but uh it's it's pretty good i mean it's everything i loved about the first one is it it does does it have the left right thing i was trying to i'm playing with it like right now ish and i'm like what i liked before was it was this really like there was the left half and that was the file browser and then there was the right half and that's where you edit stuff and it seems like that's kind of gone right uh no so that panel like will slide in and out and you can make it it's on the right side by default right and you can make it you can switch it to the left so and that's what i like about it actually the the file browser is the best native file browser there is um compared to like sublime or anything like that but yeah where they kind of re re recreated a file browser in sublime Kind of, yeah. yeah, that's my least favorite part about Sublime too. Yeah. There was a there was a hot drama post by Jeff Croft who uh, writing about Coda Two who just said, "Yeah, it's cool, it's beautiful, it's you know, it's 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 really really great software. A lot of thought went put into it, but it's still like emphasizing that FTP workflow. It's yeah. still it's still kind of old school, you know. It's like really good software for really old style of development. It has Git like yeah. kind of built in, but it's kind of." A second class citizen ish, and I don't know. Read the post, yeah. I guess. 
What do you? You don't use it, do you? It sounds like a lot of eh from Matt. Oh, I live and die by Git at this point. This the idea of dropping something onto an FTP, unless it's a hilarious animated GIF, is just bizarre to me. Yeah. Did either of you try out the iPad, the the Diet Coda there? Yeah, I'm syncing it to my iPad. I I did not because I like FTPing into a server. It's sort of the same thing. It's like trying to move away from that, but like yeah. like. FTPing into a server with an iPad sounds like, I mean, I don't know. That sounds like, like how auto correcting file names. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like how know. you break your website. I couldn't imagine writing JavaScript live on the server. Uh, <laughs> for, I could barely write it on iPad. Server, being honest, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I, mean, I want to be that iPad guy, though. I want to be that dude who just works from an iPad all the time. You know, you really, you have that desire. I do, but it's never going to happen, realistically. I'm just going to take it out every once in a while and be like, wow, images are really cool on this, and then put it away. Yeah, that's what I feel like. And, and we, should we say that... It, it, yeah. Oh, God, I said images. What have I done? Uh, I know. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Coda 2 has... <laughs> it has to get support in. We're not saying it's like it's, it's ignoring other workflows, but... Anyway, let's let's get off of that anyway. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Responsive Web Design Calculator by Stu Robson. He's a, a listener of the show. But uh, it's rwdcalc, C-A-L-C.com. Um, it's just uh, it's one of those, like, you know, plug in numbers, get numbers back. Um, your context divided by target or target divided by context stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, Handy dandy. sizing border box option. I like that. Yeah. So if you're like, you know, me and you're just like doing math all day, it's a, I think it'll come in handy. So thought I'd mention it. Boom, boom. It's the status. Okay. Uh, that's it for that. So we have hot drama. A lot of the hot drama, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are listening because, because Wilto is on here and, and, and is clearly, clearly kind of uh figurehead in this, in this, all the hashtag hot drama around responsive images will get there. I'm I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Well, did something happen? I mean, it's just like max with 100%, right? Isn't that all there is to it? Yeah. Okay, cool. I literally got an email the other day of a guy that's like, why is there all this talk about it? This is how I deal with it. I just save my JPEGs at a lower quality level. What? Soft. Soft. If only I'd known. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, very serious about it, and I just I couldn't respond. At some point during this like year long process, I just wish someone had suggested we use JavaScript or CSS. <laughs> if the one person had posted that comment eight or nine times a day, then all of this could have been avoided. Uh, there was yeah. a little bit other hot drama though. There was that Venture Beat article about this guy that's like, listen, I work for CBS, I'm CTO, so I've decided. Adaptive design, he called it, has failed, and that's it. That's all. Oh, what a stink! <laughs> I mean, oh, that guy. Yes, <clears throat> his logic was beautiful. It like Facebook IPO'd, and ergo, responsive web design has failed entirely. Even, every premise was flawed. I'm a man of science. You got to come correct with the facts. If it I'm was... going to pay you any mind, and that was just just a mess. The problem is he's like you know he's a uh, he's a guy that has a big job at a place that that makes websites right so he could have a bunch of interesting cool information he could be a good yeah. part of this community telling us about cool things that have worked for them so why don't you come at it from a different angle you know don't come at it as this other stuff sucks come at it as this is how we approached it and it worked out pretty well you know I just, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like weekly at this point. Somebody comes up and says, well, I've never done a responsive design, but I'm almost positive it doesn't work. Right. And like, <laughs> I can't, I can't bake a flan, but I'm pretty sure flan's delicious. <laughs> I, I don't, it, uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. It's the trouble. Access is, is the other thing phenom- this week. It's buzzwordy. And yeah. so people get into like, I'm going to be the one to negate this, and I'm going to be super famous. <laughs> nah. uh, I just mentioned that Axis thing because it's it's a similar thing. A lot of people are 
are crapping on or whatever. There's a Dustin Curtis one. This is Yahoo's new. I guess it's a browser. I'm I'm always so unprepared to talk about hot drama. Did you all see it's, it? Though? Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. cross-platform browser from Yahoo that I'm sure is awesome. <laughs> this is their first stab <laughs> into making a web browser. Is it WebKit? What could go wrong? <laughs> I th- I think it is it's got to be WebKit. I think that's the only way you can get a brand new browser off the ground these days. But okay. cuz it's open source. So it would just be like boom. Yeah. Paint it black and now it's Yahoo Access. Yeah, just I take think- WebOS and scan it and you're good to go. <laughs> Bada bing. Uh, so, yeah, no, I I mean, I I don't know, man. It's like you could, people have said this in for a long time, but like Yahoo's like on 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 its way out, and it's kind of like in death throes. But like, why would you just chuck out a new browser? Like that just seems like such a weird like move this late in your company's game. It does look know. a little weird. I mean, the, the 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 weird part to me is that this website just looks like garbage. It looks like the bad guy from an '80s movie. It just has such a like. Cobra Kai vibe to it. <laughs> Why don't you blow off some steam? <laughs> okay. It's going to advise me at some point to pop up to sweep a leg somewhere, and I'm just not into that. Oh, <laughs> uh, question and answer time, people. Yeah, so this is, if you've listened to the show before, you know this, uh, but the question and answers is kind of the, the heart of Shop Talk Show, the meat and potatoes. We like to get questions from you and put them on the internet uh, for you to hear, and we'll talk about them. So uh, the first question is a audio question from Dennis Gable. Uh, so should we get going with this, Chris? Yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, here we go. This question is for Machine Guns Marquee. Yes. I want to know what the heck is going to happen with filament groups enhanced JS. Uh, it seems to be dying on the vine. I know a lot has happened since the book came out, and you know the technologies that are at our fingertips. Just kind of want to know where it was going to go. And also, in regards to the responsive images community group, kind of wondering, isn't it in the power of us as the authors to not use something if we see it as? Uh, an implementation that doesn't make sense. Okay, thanks. Nice. Two questions. What cool. is enhanced JS? I don't even know uh, what it is, so maybe it's sort of the prototype of what we ended up using on the globe, where we can set that like experiential breakpoint, where you can have a basic experience versus an enhanced experience. Um, it is older now. And the timing on this is so close because I'm not sure how much exactly I can give away, but there is a more enhancier enhance coming <laughs> very soon, two times the enhancement. And uh, possibly under a different name altogether because it is very, very different. Like that was a lot of the original thinking that we put into uh, um, both jQuery Mobile and that we kind of started with on the globe. Effectively, it was a whole bunch of feature tests that kind of broke down whether something deserved the enhanced experience or whether it like gets demoted to just a very basic style sheet, very lim- limited uh, JavaScript. So what Same were mark, the, uh, I guess if it's if it's old, I guess we can let's just let's yeah. just wait, well, I mean, let's wait for the new thing. The long and short is that it was a bunch of feature tests, and like it was enough that it was kind of heavy, and all that was saved into a cookie and determined whether you were. Oh, so at least it only had to do it once, right? And right. Then, yeah. But as as time went on, the more we like thought about it and the more we dug into it, we realized that that support, all of those tests, pretty much lined up one-to-one with media query support. Oh. So that's the direction we went in on the globe, which makes selective serving of style sheets a lot easier because you can just add that media-only-all attribute. Yep. And that effectively says load this enhanced style sheet only if you understand what media queries are. Before that, we can load a basic style sheet, which is like little typographic tweaks, nothing major. Uh, we actually just use normalize now as that basic style sheet because that gives you a, a functional experience on like a, you know, a Palm 5 from way back in the day because yeah. you're using that same markup. Um, yeah, it's like the it's like the IE6 style sheet or whatever, right? It's just, it's uh, yeah levels. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of evens things out a little bit. And then from there you get 
if you're eligible, you get the enhanced style sheet. You get a bunch of cool stuff and all the media queries and all the associated JavaScript, which is tested for independently. That was the globe approach. Um, I can't say too much more, but stay tuned in the near future. Sure. Filament group blog, probably. Uh-huh. That's the one. All right. Stay tuned, folks. I'm excited. I have no knowledge of this secret thing. It's secret. Oh, it's really cool. It is really <laughs> Not for nothing. I can yeah. say that Scott Shell is responsible for it. I, I take no credit. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's stupid good. I mean, it just starts you with a baseline that works literally for everyone, which is the most hyperbolic thing you could ever say in terms of making websites. But it works. I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it get loaded up on a Game Boy and a, you know, Etch-A-Sketch, for Christ's sakes, and it works. <laughs> Maybe not the Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. I taped a Cat5 cable to the back of the Etch-A-Sketch, but it didn't really work out. <laughs> so he also, so Dennis's second question was, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. So just to uh, preface it a little bit, he was just kind of saying that should, oh, God, we, so we need to, can, can we call it two can Oh, gosh, it's, it's hard to preface. He's kind of saying if the source set thing becomes law, which I, 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 I wish we could back up and explain a little bit what that is. Yeah, that, you do that? that he's saying if that wins, then, then you, it's our, we, as authors, uh, we could uh, just choose not to use it. Here's the thing. And let me preface this by saying that I'm not the most patient guy around. I have a Boston Irish temper. We have to stay very diplomatic about this. There is no their solution, and there isn't an our solution. It's not like picture versus SRC set. It's about finding an effective compromise that works for both the implementers and for us as authors. You know, we can't just... Oh, no. Oh, sounds like we lost him. Maybe that was fortuitous. So it's going to get good. <laughs> Maybe the, the government is coming in. Uh, in terms of... Oh, hey, Matt, we, we lost you for a second. Can you repeat no. what you're saying? Oh, man, I was so eloquent for, like, the first time ever. <laughs> uh, I was just saying, we can't, we can't, like... We can't think in terms of us versus them. We can't think we have our solution, they have their solution, which one's going to win, you know? It's no, about finding... That sounds good. You know, it sounds like that that would be terrible. That's exactly what we we not want to do, right? Even if Even if one... The thing that you don't like gets, you know, ends up being the thing. Oh, well, there's other battles to fight. Well, that too. But, like, if they come out with a solution, if that's, if, say, SRC set just totally gets pushed through, no compromise, yeah. it does serve a valuable purpose in terms of limiting the damage we're doing to user bandwidth. I mean, we can still use that. And as much as I'd like to say, you know, if it turns out that it's not up for discussion and it's a totally unilateral decision, I'd love to be like, let's rage against the machine, but the users are going to pay the cost for that, you know? Right. So. So what would happen if it did go kind of unchallenged and in, 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 in that, that source set syntax that we've all been seeing the last yeah. few weeks, if that didn't change in any way? He's just saying, would it, you know, it, does it behoove us to ignore it and not use it? Or would you say, no, use it? You I mean, know, use it in, use it to the extent we can, you know? I mean, the original, the very first proposal um, addressed high-resolution versus standard-resolution images. And if that's all, in theory, we ended up with to work with, that's a problem solved, you know? It's not the ideal, the syntax is interesting but it's a problem solved you know it's it's like we'll take what we can get sure you know good answer so let's let's do let's stick with this uh topic just for a minute we have another question from brad fairly who uh you know and then we'll we'll move on we're not gonna we're not gonna to, to drown ourselves in this in this the whole time but it is it's interesting I'll, stuff going on. <laughs> i'll start to cry if you guys keep talking about this Brad Fairley asks, why has the RICG, which is the Responsive 
Images Community Group, been so adverse to even admitting there is an issue with the maintenance involved in the proposed picture solution. Uh, uh, there's more to this, but I'll just say I think the maintenance being that you know you in the picture syntax, you're writing media queries right in the markup, uh, and and I I would say that he's saying by maintenance meaning that you know if should something change in your website where you need to change those, there's a lot of p- potential maintenance there. Given yeah. that the issue has been brought up a number of times by a number of people. Uh, has been recognized as an issue by the what WG threads created on the community group. Why is no one from the community group or the picture pushing club attempted to Oof. help in updating picture or even attempting to spitball ideas on how to make this a better use case? It's a political laziness, less of lack of experience. All of the above. Hashtag hot drama. Man. Laziness. Hot here. Jeez. <sighs> So we can be diplomatic here. He's just, he's trying to say he, at least in his world, he has, uh, is what you're going to say that, that of course there's been a little spitballing about this. (laughs) I mean, right. I mean, how can there have not have been? I wonder what links he has been clicking in recent times. I, uh, there has been a ton, a ton of spitballing around this about, I mean, having some kind of centralized way that we can define those breakpoints that are going to occur in our content, like up in the head of the, the document or something like that. Sure, a meta tag maybe or Yeah, or there's, there's been a bunch of spitballing on that. And I mean, basically, the way where I land on that is that let's first worry about getting getting a scheme in markup that at least lines up with the current plan for video. You know what I mean? Let's get a cohesive system for handling... Um, selectively loaded assets based on client capabilities. And then we can work on improving that because any improvements we make there, if we could apply those to video as well, that'd be, that'd be ideal. That'd be amazing. But in less specific terms, man, political laziness, lack of experience. Um, we, I don't assume this man has read the community group real closely. Because it has been pretty much constant spitballing. And I am, even me, who has been making the mo- arguably the most noise about it, I'm not married to picture. I don't want to say, use this solution that I made. It's amazing. Because that's not how it worked out. I mean, it, originally this came about as the result of a ton of spitballing and a ton of conversation and a bunch of brilliant developers and also me. And we kind of worked towards this as being the proper the markup scheme that we preferred. Um, and even then, since it was, since all of this hot, hot drama kicked off recently, I mean, in talking to the what working group, we've compromised on a lot of things and we've come up. Um, Florian, the editor of the media query spec has an amazing compromise between the two markup patterns that we haven't heard back on. But again, it's not about our solution and it's not about, we don't care. We just want to push this thing through because that's, very literally everything we are against. We're about like an open discourse about coming up with a solution that benefits everybody equally, most important of all the users. Um, so yeah, maybe... Uh, like like when when that source set thing, like day one of the source okay. set thing came out, wasn't it, didn't you have to, wasn't that the day that it was, it suited you the best to maybe pick what the best, of was that day so that there's some kind of alternative to that it's one thing that you know they there's there's source set it comes to light and then you're like but wait let's talk about 50 other solutions then then source set would seem like the most cohesive of them right and i mean we there's been a lot of work put into this this is this is the best effective compromise that we've found so far or that we had found so far until we started these talks with the what working group and found even more effective ones but um I mean, when we went into it, it wasn't even like, no, wait, we have a better solution, period, full stop. I, when I first went into the situation, I was like, this is awesome. I love that you guys are discussing this. We have a ton of really good information on this. We've been thinking about this. Some of us have been obsessing about this for like a year now. And uh, that was not as well received as I would think it would be. I, I thought for me what was shocking was like, you know, the dude from Apple proposes or, or image or source set and then like boom, five days later it's like spec, you know. I yeah, think that, well, that, that was where it was just like 
holy jeez, what? Like, <laughs> let's talk yeah. about this just for a second because there's all this research uh, that's, right. that's been done. So, Well, that's where, I mean, and I haven't been quiet about it, but that's where I get a little incendiary. Because when we showed up and I was like, guys, we have valuable information, the general response was proven. It was like, no, we, we've been talking about this. Here's some links. And it was like, yeah, we really need better documentation. We need We need a list of published use cases. We need citations that prove developer sentiment on this. And so that, I mean, that's how the game is played. I was in, I was ready to put all that stuff together. I was ready to consolidate all the information we had at hand and send it around. I mean, I'm stumbling through the process because this is new to me, but I'm, I'm getting it done. And in the meantime, over the course of a couple of days, that just ended up in the spec. Right. None of those, none of those things that I was asked to supply were supplied by any other party, you know what I mean? Right, right. So it's, I mean, it was it was pushed through quick. But again, this isn't, once it's in there, once it's in that draft, that's not like, okay, this is a solution we've decided. That's just, it's a draft, very literally. Right. Right. So what, like, you know, kind of back to Brad's question, like, what, what are the weak points of picture and what are, like, the weak points of source set and what would you... I mean, do you think I, you guys have proposed a compromise, but, um, yeah. like what, what would you say? Like the, the big clutches are there. I'm actually posting a link to the compromise in the IRC channel. If anyone is interested. Um, I mean the, the major complaints about picture, um, first can be similarly applied to like video. It's that it's verbose. It's a lot of characters. Not for nothing. It's kind of gross looking. But it's consistently gross. It's the syntax we're used to in its own gross way. Um, which is a line I actually use on a dating profile, and it has not gone over well. <laughs> I'm gross Ladies. in a familiar way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of text. And in theory, if you're using that on a bunch of places on a page like eight or nine times, if you decide to shift your breakpoints, which now in CSS is just a matter of going in and editing a couple of characters, if you need to edit the breakpoints at which those images are served, you got to go and update that a ton of times. Sure, I sure. Think, I think that's mitigated somewhat because it kind of falls into the same category as video where you're not going to have you know, 25 different size, gigantic responsive images on the same page, the same way you right. wouldn't have a ton of videos. But, I mean, I would love to see that consolidated in one place, to have one breakpoint you could set where it loads a different source all the way through the page. You know what I mean? It would also seem like content management systems would bear the brunt of Absolutely. managing your content. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, just out. yeah, that's a good way to put it. They are good for that, I hear. But, yeah, I mean, it's just going to spit out those sources in a loop somewhere for the most part. Um yeah, but so but that was a point for it, people, right? Source set has the same problem though, right? Unless it just does resolution. Originally, it just did resolution. It's been expanded to cover some of the same use cases as picture in terms of uh, loading assets at different widths. But um, the syntax used in source set is a little baffling to me. Uh, in that you would just specify a width, a height, and I believe the place that landed was that that acts as min width and min height. Mm-hmm. And only um, pixels. <clears throat> and in pixel values specifically. See, that's that's where it gets weird. is because, like, to implement this entirely disparate scheme of managing assets based on client capabilities, eventually you're just going to keep re-adding things that media queries can do, or you're going to say, no, you can't do any of those things. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I so, feel like so half, it's like this custom, like I, I don't want to call it a ghetto, but like ghetto <laughs> uh, media silo- query syntax, it's right? Okay. Uh, it's a siloed, different micro syntax thing, and um, this is where I don't pull any punches. The syntax is gross; like it is just baffling to me, and not for nothing. I'm okay at this stuff, and like new developers that are just joining in. If the members of the Responsive Images community group who have been obsessing about this stuff can't quite figure out how the syntax works, 
what hope does somebody who just finished the HTML for dummies have, you know? Right. Right. My favorite book, by the way. <laughs> You've got 10 copies you're doing a giveaway. Just yeah. finished it yesterday. I think it's going to change <laughs> <the> things. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the link I just posted in the IRC channel, which isn't terribly helpful for anyone who's just listening along, is a great compromise because SRC said does better handle resolution, not for nothing. Because that's the kind of decision that should be, at least in part, left up to the browser. If you have the bandwidth to do this, download a giant image. Or if you choose not to, you should be able to disable downloading huge high-resolution images, you know? Mm-hmm. If we use the media query for that, not only is it kind of clunky anyway, it's harder for the implementers, which is absolutely a factor here. And we've just relegated that media query to a suggestion. You know what I mean? Right. We just open the door for, like, maybe if this media query matches. And that's getting into some scary territory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this compromise uses uh, SRC set attached to the source elements within picture to handle that resolution switching, which is the original objective for that SRC set syntax. Um, so you could have a small, like, like up to 480 picks picture with a 2x picture attached to it. Exactly. So this handles, this handles like the art direction use case, the loading different sources, different crop and zoom based on media queries, based on the syntax we're familiar with that makes sense in the context of a layout. Meanwhile, in terms of just resolution switching, we have SRC set. And now in theory, I mean, that could maybe be implemented. So if you wanted, you could just use SRC set on an image, or you could just, you could leave that out and just use the art direction part of picture but to be able to combine those creates something incredibly powerful. It solves, near as I can tell, all the use cases, everybody's interests, and most important of all, it allows us to tailor these assets for the user. Look Look what happens when we work together. Right, I'm saying. Oh, and somebody just mentioned this in IRC. Matt Wilcox, um, going back to that guy who thought we chose not to think about things, uh, Matt Wilcox has done a ton of work in the realm of having one consolidated place to define those media queries. Yeah. In the Um, head. Right. So you name it like you would name a keyframes or something. You just apply an arbitrary name and then attach some media queries to it. And then you can use that name in your CSS and your JavaScript and your HTML. You can use it all in these different places. I think it's pretty smart. I think it is too, honestly. And I was talking to him the other day and I kind of left it at like, once we have this, once we have something functional, that's that is the kind of improvement I'd want to see to all all asset loading. And once we have something we can work with that's not so clunky as image to deal with in terms of like custom logic, we can polyfill that. We could build that. You know, I mean that's super simple to build like with backend technology because we just set a couple of variables and then you know we're off on our way. But we could even do that on the front end depending on how this gets implemented, depending on, you know, how prefetching works, that sort of thing. It's just having this new, this new element as a canvas gives us a ton of room for incremental improvement over time. I mean, in terms of like serving things, depending on the user's bandwidth, the browser knows that better than we ever will. And those decisions shouldn't necessarily be left up to us. You know, that's, that's kind of browser territory. I mean, this, this just gives us so much more potential for improvements. I said I wasn't going to rant, but I ranted. No, I think we did pretty good here. So, so yeah. to, to go way back to Brad here, we have a couple links for you to look around. There has been some spitballing and stuff on this. We're not trying to pile on you. Uh, thanks very much for sending in the question. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just been a lot. You know, people, if, if anybody assumes there hasn't been a discussion over one particular way to do it that seems to make sense in their brain, believe me, there has been. And I try <laughs> to be diplomatic, but if, oh, so help me, if one more person says, why not try JavaScript for this? I am going to <laughs> yeah, like, go home gonna... and hide under my bed. Is what have you considered JavaScript? Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's do a sponsor quick. Uh, we have a sponsor this week, Majingo, M-I-J-I-N-G-O.com. We have a new link for you, so please use this link, Majingo.com slash shop talk. 
that way uh, Ryan Ireland will know that this this was successful and <laughs> sponsorship of the show. I like to think of them as like intermediate level screencasts, learning screencasts for web technology, things like Expression Engine. There's one for Markdown. Uh, all kinds of different uh, 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 things you can learn about, and they're not. It's not just like here's how to learn CSS. You know, there's lots of videos like that. If you want those, you can get some free ones at CSS Tricks. But if you want to dig into a serious web technology uh, and take things to the next level, check out Majingo.com slash shop talk. If you use the coupon code, all caps, hot drama, you'll save oh. 10%. Might also a nickname I would accept. <laughs> hot drama marquee. I can, uh, I, can think, but I can get behind that, I think. Uh, thanks. So I mean, Ryan is like we've said before, a developer at Happy Cog. And you know, it's not only him that that runs this. There's some other people making screencasts there too. But it's his baby, and he is a legit smart guy. So check out Majingo. We have a yeah, question here from CSS. I think so. I don't think anyone can. <laughs> uh, Dave, you want to read a question? Yeah, well, we're so- gonna get off this image thing. It was f- interesting. It's I'm not saying hot drama is over, but I'm saying let's let's. Matt is more than just your figurehead. Of- I'm a complicated man. <sighs> you're you're Thank like you. an Thank onion. Thank you for pointing that out. Layers upon layers. <laughs> um, so this next question is from Derek Long. He's asking, should designers make nearly all sites responsive by default now, or should we mention it to clients as an option with additional costs for extra work? I was curious how you guys view responsive as an additional service or a new way of building websites that we should all adopt for future clients, much like other new techniques in design and development. Good question, Derek. That is a good question. Um, yeah. First and foremost, obviously your mileage may vary. It may not be the best decision for all sites. Um, speaking for myself, uh, I'm a crazy person, and I will always want everything to work everywhere for everyone. Um, I am going to pitch. I'm not even going to pitch progressive enhancement. That's just a given. I'm going to try and make this work in some representative way everywhere. Uh in terms of responsive, it's very much depending on the client's needs. But if those needs are ill-defined, I'm going to err on the side of responsive. You know what I mean? Like, if it, if it seems like a good fit, it's absolutely something I'm going to present to the client. Um, Derek, it sounds like he runs biased. a freelance business, right? It sounds like he, yeah. he, he has a little shop. Somebody comes to him, says, I'm a, I'm a dentist. I need a website for my dentist business. I mean, Derek, you may do more than that, but uh, yeah. I'm just saying that's what it kind of sounds like to me in that That's world. pretty much all we do. Yeah. <laughs> and those websites are, I think, responsive in general is an excellent fit usually. Yes. And in the conversations that we always have about maybe responsive isn't a good fit is maybe you have a complicated app and this app is right. hard. There's a lot of stuff. Maybe responsive isn't good for that. Or maybe you have 20 years of accumulated content and, and, and 2000 different templates you use it. Maybe like the, that I don't know. I'm not saying responsive wouldn't work for that, but maybe something else is better. Maybe you need a whole different a different fork of your website that yeah. that deals with. But I, mean, usually- I never want to be dogmatic about anything. I never want to say, "Look, use responsive for everything." Um, but I'm going to err on the side of responsive if it if it seems like a good fit to me. Then you, yeah, well, I mean, I'm absolutely going to pitch it because why not make it work everywhere? Yeah, yeah, why not, right? Yeah. So so don't what you should never do is maybe you shouldn't make it responsive by default, but don't but by default don't make an, a 960 fixed pixel, right? Like that's okay. what the, you shouldn't do. What, what your technique of making it work everywhere might vary. Yeah. <laughs> but the the opposite of that is not yeah. good. I mean, that's that's kind of my response to the whole adaptive versus responsive thing too. I like responsive web design. The flexible grid does a lot of work for us and it has a lot of provable benefit to the user. But if you want to do an adaptive design, yeah, I mean, do that. Any any effort you can make towards making this work better for everyone is worthwhile, you know? So sneak it in. Don't tell the client. Be like, by the way, I made you an iPhone website. You know, however you need to present that to them, 
Sure. I mean, it's hopefully your process is responsive these days. And should you charge more to do it? I don't know. I mean, if you, if you need to update your pricing because you used to make fixed width websites, then maybe you have to. But I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I mean, yes, I guess. Greg says. Charge more for if for no other reason than you should be buying. You should spend the money buying devices for more. Testing. Yes. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Okay. You, uh, I'll read one from Eric Steinborn. I mean, t- oh, this is it's kind of an older one, but I just I I don't know. I thought it was I thought it, it was relevant to me. I maintain a website for my uncle's tree business, wadestreeservice.com. dot com. So now, that's where trees come from. <laughs> from Wade. <laughs> and he's like, you don't have to read that out loud. I'm like, heck yeah, I'll read that out loud, Eric. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, uh, recently, he was contacted by Supermedia.com, a company that tries to treat web advertising like the Yellow Pages, telling him, we'll list you on all the search engines. Oh. Bollocks, he says. So I told him, oh. no, I'll research a better solution for him to go with. My question is, what, what do you know? Basically, he's asking, what do I tell my uncle? You know, he wants Wade's Tree Service to have good SEO. He wants it to, you know, have people be able to find his small business, you know? And so there's these, these companies come along and they prey on that a little bit. They say, hey, we'll help you out with that. Give us some money. Only they provide garbage service based. This is me talking right. not Eric yeah, anymore. Yeah. So, what, uh, you know, what, what does he tell his uncle? What does he do for his uncle? How does he deal with this? How do we make it do the most Googles? <laughs> the biggest on the Google. Oh, oh, I'm man. looking at Waze Treat Service. This looks pretty decent here. It's not like you're. It's not like you picked an all flash website. It looks like it explains. It explains stuff. There's text. There's images. There's. It's a decent URL. It has. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you exactly. This is always kind of a hard situation. I'm gonna judge this website in real time. <laughs> so, so what I think those those companies do is they like. They have, I don't know, they register, you can register businesses with search engines like Yahoo and and Google. Mm. Uh, So do that. And then that's free. Um, And then I think what they probably do is they probably spend like 20 bucks for like, to make sure they get the top spot on some keyword, like what trees, trees. And right. He may want to spend a little bit of money on Google AdSense. Yeah, just and just do that, and then I mean, like, and shoot, then you pocket that money. I, there's, yeah, yeah. these companies I mean, are like, we'll get you to the top. It's just awful. He can't. It's, Wade can't do link building. I'm sorry. Do you have them? Go ahead. Oh, I'm just gonna say. I mean, ninety percent of the SEO stuff out there is just. Just fictional voodoo. Like everyone pretends they have this one super secret tip to put you way up there on the Googles. And if it worked, everyone would do it. And if it worked, Google would make it stop working. I mean, there's, there is no substitute for just making a good website. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, yeah. there's definitely there's things you can do, tracking the analytics and whatnot. And like you said, buying, buying keywords up and such. But you can't. I mean, if somebody searches for trees, no amount of... Invisible links are gonna. And everybody's saying, yeah, you can, link, you can make a great website that's really SBO ready to go. But, yes. but 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 you can't do link building. He's busy cutting down trees. He can't go around commenting on blog posts, making links to them. you know. It's like it's a joining joining web rings or however that works. Yeah, like there's a lot, there's just things that he that are unavailable to Wade because anyway. So we'll we'll leave it at that. You know, you make the good website up, which you uh, already uh, have. Hit up buildingfindablewebsites.com, all one word. Uh, it's a book by Aaron Walter. It is very, very good. It's not like, here's how to hide things that make you do Google better. It's like actual actual useful things for making your website better overall that just so happens to benefit you in terms of people finding it. That's fabulous. It's a crazy good book. Oh, thanks for the question, Eric. I'm going to do another sponsor from... Good friend of ours at the show, Christopher Schmidt, lives down in Austin, Texas, where Dave lives, doesn't he? Yeah, yes, he is. He has a thing called environmentsforhumans.com where he does uh, 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 tons of different conferences. The conference is coming up. Let me see. I'm, I'm just, I want to send you guys to wpsummit.com, S-U-M-M-I-T. Uh, it's May 30th, so literally it's in five days. But the beauty of this is... 
you don't have to like buy plane tickets and 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 change up your whole life. Crap! There's a conference in in five days. Uh, the, this is an online conference. You can buy a ticket to it and just and just attend it virtually, which is nice because there's people like you're watching the show now. Maybe if you're in the chat room, there's people throwing links around and chatting and have having a uh, a conversation more so than some, sometimes conferences in real life where you kind of have to sit down and shut up when somebody's mm-hmm. talking. Kind of. Do. So there's, you know, they're going to talk all about WordPress. For it's a one-day conference, 9 a.m. to 4 o'clock. There's, and what, what I, when I was looking through this, there's stuff that attracted me to it. Is there's, there's a couple of guys in here that just like come from company. Where's the multi-site one? This guy uh, uh, works at this university. They have 30 blogs running on a WordPress multi-site thing, and that's what he's going to talk about. So it's that thing that's like. Uh, you know, I work at a place. I've had success doing it this way, and I'm going to talk about that. That's my favorite kind of talk. It's not theoretical anymore. It worked for him. So, anyway, also, WP, yeah. Oh yeah, wpsummit.com. Also, use the coupon code Bacon, all caps, for twenty percent off. It's there's oh. a secret tip. Nice. Is that a jab at my vegetarianism, guys? <laughs> I get it. I see how it is. Tofu bacon. No, yeah, technically they do. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) That is a thing that exists. Uh, Anyway, thanks, Christopher, for the sponsorship. Check out WPSummit.com and all of Christopher's and Ari and the whole team at Environment for Humans uh, conferences at EnvironmentForHumans.com. We have some more questions. We're we're going a little slow because of all the hot drama, but uh, yeah, there's some good stuff. We'll get going here. Next question is from Sebastian Hall. He probably is asking, one thing that always pains me when designing websites is how ugly they are when loading. Images pop in, the page reflows, and there are things like the dreaded flash of unstyled type. Some websites, apple.com, render really nicely with animations and fades. What are some techniques to do this, and when is it appropriate? Are there any downsides of doing it? Ta-da! All right. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you can you can mitigate some of that layout moving around and type popping in and whatnot using like animations and CSS to fade stuff in. I'm kind of I don't know. I don't really dig it. I'd rather get a split second of something loading than like a split second of a blank page. You know, and something's like intentionally being hidden because the designer yeah. thought he was doing something fancy. Yeah, I mean, again, as always, your mileage may vary. There's a lot of good applications for that stuff. Um, yeah, worth noting though is when you get into that animation territory. You test it in your desktop browsers, and you're probably going to look pretty okay. You pop that open in, like, an old Android native, even new Android native browser. You are going to get, like, this clunky two frames of bitmapized website, and it's gross. Um, I mean, you're just going to introduce, like, new weirdnesses, kind of. Uh Oh, there's you know there's simple things That's, like putting widths and heights on your images so that the browser knows what kind of space to allocate for them while the page yeah. is loading. You know, if you omit those, that that can be problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Not relying on assets for layout, like like waiting for ads to pop in to move stuff around. That's. That's yeah. Really okay. Especially where it's a predictable width and height that we can kind of block out in advance. Sure. And if it's even if it's predictable-ish, you know, even if it's like right. that's, it's probably going to be around 500 pixels top. Throw a min width on it or a min height, and you know, maybe that will help a little bit. I, you know, I guess just use your use your brain a little. I mean, you have a point there. It's kind of browsers' business to make yeah. websites look nice while they load. So I wouldn't doubt that this gets better over time. Yeah, uh, and that's a lot better than it used to be. So. Oh, we're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, apart from that, it's just how you're loading assets. If you're loading them asynchronously by way of, like, Modernizer or one of those, just know that there's the potential for a blink where it's not there yet. You know? You could do, a like, a WebKit animation, or any animation, Opera. Don't want to fall down that slippery slope. uh, That's good. That's good. (laughs) So you can do a CSS animation. Uh, that just animates the opacity on certain elements. I don't think you'd have to do it for everything, but you nah. can just... Uh, and then only browsers that support that will obey that. But you, what you can't do... What you can't do is, like, like hide stuff and then be like, I'm just going to bring it in because it, it doesn't work so well. 
Oh, yeah, if you start with, like, display none on anything important, and then you, like, display block it with JavaScript, I will find you. I will come <laughs> to your home. Absolutely. I'm trying not to be incendiary here, but seriously, I'll straight up punch a dude for doing that. <laughs> I'll hit you with my wizard staff. That's right. Smite him. Smite this the is related. He is a level 18 wizard. Yeah, and you wouldn't like me when I'm a level 18 wizard. <laughs> Because I will throw up on your shoes. <laughs> uh, this one by Andreas Hederich is similar. Uh, or Andreas. Uh, I just heard something about something, something, something. Retinous play. Something called progressive <laughs> JPEGs. Shame on me. I didn't know exactly what pro- progressive JPEGs were, so I looked it up. My question is, why don't we use these all the time? Oh. Uh, I'm just you, building a responsive website with something. And yeah, 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 yeah. So do you know, you, do you guys know about progressive jpegs and the difference between them and non-progressive jpeg a little bit not exactly my forte Um, yeah but i mean something we thought about with all this images stuff that's been going on uh i think it it is not unless you just know dave well yeah it's kind of like so it's a jpeg it's jpeg and it's backwards compatible um it's going to be a little heavier but um it well yeah, probably a little heavier at your low weight, but it'll look good on like a, a retina or whatever because it it has the ability to scale up within the JPEG. So, yeah, but it's only JPEG, so it like it doesn't fix responsive images; it just fixes JPEG to some degree. Right, exactly. And I mean, even then, the way from what I know, just from trying to like pick them apart enough that I understand how it fits in with the responsive images thing. I don't think that's it's, what Andreas is saying here. He's just saying they it makes loading um, a little nicer. Yeah, I, but like just in general, they're always going to be a little heavier than they should potentially be. Right, because they have um, different of themselves inside of them. Not by much, as far as I know. Actually, Matt Wilcox is currently correcting me in yeah, IRC. It is saying it's smaller, um, which is worth knowing. Uh, browser support is not old browser support is not spectacular is another point he just raised uh, I don't know exactly how that breaks down but well if it's IE7 down then we don't care you know that's kind of where we're at some, uh, people, okay. care. some people care deeply okay, <laughs> okay. me and IE7 are tight all right? are okay. that's not true at all <laughs> I'm lying to you internet Okay. Well, I wish we had some better links for you, but we should just say, you know, they are asking, why don't we use them all the time? Well, browsers support is a, is a concern apparently, and uh, uh, I'm not sure that they are. Uh, I don't know. I guess if Christopher Schmidt was here, he would he would argue that maybe that is the way for the future because he's a big fan of uh, image formats solving this problem for us potentially. Well, well I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Anyway. Next. <laughs> Next, <laughs> next. Uh, I'm disappointed by the lack of sound effects so far. Can I just get? Can you do like a slide whistle at me or something? Oh yeah, for you, this yeah, transition. Yeah, you bet. Let's see what I can do for you uh, here. Uh, I don't have a slide whistle. I'll have to get on that for. I feel next like that's, time. that's that's key. That's clutch for radio style things. You know what? Somebody wanted a great job. I, I forget who it was. So great job. There you go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, next question is from Brian Harrington. What blog sites resources do you visit to stay on top of all the responsive web design news and trends? Uh, let me let me paint a, paint a picture for you guys. Um, I spin in my, my seat, and I throw a pen at Ethan. <laughs> takes off his headphones, and I say, "What's up?" <laughs> and then he tells me what's new. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't avoid it. It's <laughs> it's everywhere. It's all over Twitter. Constantly angry about things. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it's it's tough to uh, escape. Almost. I don't know. I mean. Follow a bunch of things on Twitter. Ethan's RWD account, just at RWD, curates a bunch of really cool stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I sometimes mention making websites on the internet. Wilto, follow him. The well, filament blog at is your really peril. Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. GitHub, GitHub's my jam. I just follow stuff on there. 
Well, really, do you really go to GitHub.com and then look at like things that you follow? You're like, oh, what were their recent commits like? And Let look me, at the... if I can get if I can get maybe a little too real, I'll hang out on GitHub, man. Just see what the word is, ladies. Mm-hmm. Follow Brad Frost. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't ever follow Brad Frost. <laughs> unfollow. Let's let's create We're a starting mass a unfollowing of Brad Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Uh, Sorry, dude. No, I take it back. Follow Brad Frost. I mean, uh, honestly, Twitter's drinking from the fire hose all the time. It's just, you know, you follow a handful of folks, and any of the big links are going to get back to you. Like if Jacob Nielsen should mention something, you find out eventually. You know what I'll you do? Are- I'm going to – I'll I'll well, for sure, we do show notes, right? And I'll think of some more to – and get some more – because I'm feeling embarrassed right now. I'm like, I should have a bunch of stuff you should follow, and I'm just failing. Yeah, I'll, uh, but I'll do it to that too. Just off the top of my head, I never know what's going on. Okay, I I follow the like RWD hashtag. Um, it I would say it's only about ten percent useful. <laughs> so uh, be prepared to go to a lot of SEO blogs if you follow that. Nice, they're sweet. Uh, so next question, shall we? Yeah, Move it on. Um, this next question. Oh, Hey, here it's from Brad Frost. Uh, how does Wilto maintain his ruggedly handsome, good looks, handsome man looks, regular man looks, man looks. First, I take back what I just said. Everybody go ahead and follow Brad Frost now. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad somebody brought this up cause I get this a lot, you know, uh, mostly, and this is key by not giving a good goddamn. You know, (laughs) forget to shave. Sometimes wash your clothes. Maybe don't. That's the key to rugged man looks is to be a scruffy looking nerf herder all the time. Completely by accident. (laughs) Nerf herder. Yeah. So we we did skip one. The key is to have somebody draw a cool picture of you that makes you look like an extra in a Batman comic and use that everywhere. And then people think that you look good. Success. That's yes. Uh, we skipped one on opera. Do you want to do that one? Oh yeah, let's do that. We got we got one last audio question, shall we? There's also the somebody posted that that Facebook is buying opera. Did you see this? While we're uh, talking, is this they true? said maybe, and they Facebook declined to comment. But I just thought I'd mention it in case we're. Uh, oh yeah, we're trying chat to chat room verify chat room verify Grigsby. <laughs> All right, so here, let's jump into the question here. Hey, guys. This is Kyle Gordy. I'm a graphic designer and front-end web developer from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I was wondering, what is your opinions on Opera Mini? I don't have very much experience working with it. However, I have found that, alarmingly, it renders sites closest to i7. It's not the lack of support for things like rounded corners or other presentational items that bothers me the most. It's the fact that it renders sites like i7. I understand that Opera Mini is all about providing the fastest browsing speed possible with the least amount of data served to the end user, but really, come on guys, Opera for Desktop is great. Why is Opera Mini so terrible at rendering on mobile? Mobile Safari renders, for the most part, the same as Desktop Safari, and is arguably just as fast as Opera Mini. Have you guys found this to be an issue too? Should I target CSS just for Opera Mini, since it's behaving like i7? Thanks for your help, guys. I love the show. That was Kyle Gordy. Guys, thoughts? Well, we should clarify that there's Opera Mini and there's Opera Mobile, right? Right. That whole spiel that are different things. Whereas Opera Mini is a a proxy kind of deal, right? Where it kind of requests all the resources in the cloud and then sends you like a package of your website. Mm. Isn't that right? And then mobile is more like a browser. I think Mini does support border radius, doesn't it? Nah, that could be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, I um, let me start by saying I'm very glad that he's begun testing on many because it has a pretty huge global market share. Um, so it's on your phones a lot of time. Is that right? Mini, that's where it lived. That's its older, clunkier phones. Yeah. I mean, it's anywhere where bandwidth is going to be at like a super premium. That's typically what they ship by default. I mean, a lot of overseas, a lot of Androids ship with one of the operas as like the built in. 
Like yeah, every Nokia yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. Um, I haven't really run into a lot of situations where it's catastrophically like old IE style broken though. I mean, it, it might just be a matter of, I don't know, crack it open and try and tweak things here and there in the CSS, but you shouldn't have to like target a whole bunch of specific rules to it. I mean, just understand that the experience you're going to get is not full-blown desktop experience. I mean, it's made for efficiency. It's made so you're, you can experience the web in an area where you don't have a lot of bandwidth to go around. Um, not necessarily to have rounded corners and drop shadows, though I could swear it had rounded corners. I think mobile doesn't. Anyway. Um, He's yeah. just saying, should he write a bunch of special JavaScript for it? Or, 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 or no. a bunch of specific no. stuff I mean, for Opera Mini? And we're kind of saying no, probably. No. And, what if it is a little broken? I mean, I don't know. I mean, what? It, it's, it's a, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to give like a like a blanket. Yeah, you know, write Brad, all different JavaScript for it. It's it's tough to draw that line. I mean, I Brad, really. Brad Frost has a good post on like what is support versus optimization. You know, yes. and it doesn't have to be an identical experience, but they do need to be able to use it. You know. Yeah. So, and if, like, they can't use it, then your baseline is probably off, you know? Right, right. I mean, if it's well represented in in markup and super basic styling, then you're pretty much okay. If it's Um, a white page, you should probably deal with it. Yeah, please install Netscape 4 to run this. Yeah, that's not acceptable. Oh, it feels like we're fading out, guys. We're fading. Let's let's wrap it up. Good job. I'm already hammered. I've been playing Wizard Staff the whole time. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, I'm going to start swearing and drooling on the keyboard pretty soon. You you better cut me off. (laughs) Matt, how can people follow you, give you money, uh, do all that for you? Oh, send me money. Yes. I didn't know that was an option here. Um, Give me all of your money. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Send me money and I will responsive all of your webs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm Wilto on Twitter, W-I-L-T-O. Uh, again, follow at your peril because it's mostly me saying God a lot and talking about the MBTA being on fire. Uh, that's pretty much – that's basically what I bring to the table. And Sometimes I get mad at folks. So, yeah, if you're, if you're down for that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm Wilto everywhere, GitHub, Dribble, all of them, so – Feel free. Sweet. All right. Thanks so much for being on, man. That was good stuff. I feel like we we delivered what we said. We would deliver hot drama hot, and more. The hottest drama, drama. Was, was covered. It was beautiful. Oh, that's what you need. You need like a radio station style, like a snippet where it's like, oh, the hottest drama. <laughs> like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I like it. If you love the show, rate us on iTunes. Follow at Shop Talk Show on Twitter. And until next time, folks, we might have a few weeks off, actually. Maybe just one, maybe two. I'm not sure. The summer is getting a little weird. But we are going strong. There's going to be kind of a 2.0 season coming out for Shop Talk Show, in which we're very excited about, and with just new everything. Uh, uh, so we're not going anywhere, folks. We love this. We love you. Send in your questions, especially audio questions. Until next time, shoptalkshow.com.